Never spend your present time with a person that you don't have a future with. Welcome. You are listening to the Jordan Baylor Draft, a podcast that inspires writers to push through their limiting beliefs and blow the lid off of their personal creativity. My name is Jordan Baylor, a filmmaker best known for my animated web series, Love the Moochers. Listen as I sit down with writers to talk methods, habits, lessons learned, and how to make a beneficial impact with your work. Today is a new draft. Rewrite yours and improve. Hi, welcome to another edition of the Jordan Baylor Draft. This is episode 40 of the podcast. This is a milestone for me. 40 episodes you guys have been rocking with me, and I I couldn't thank you more. Um, Today's guest is a larger-than-life figure. He is a man who... His stories are larger-than-life. They they, they feel Bible-esque. To, to, to say the least. His name is Billionaire PA. He's a man I met through social media. He sells books. He's a motivational speaker. He's a development coach. He does a lot of things and he's good at all of it, you know? So in our interview, we discussed his life story, where he came from, how he went from being homeless to making more than six figures a year. And the stories he tells, like, the gems he drops, he gives so much free game, so much knowledge willingly, and he doesn't really ask for much in return. So I'd like to thank him for the interview for one, but I'd also like to let you know that wherever you are in life, wherever you feel that you may be stuck creatively, financially, whatever it is, take a moment Write out what it is that you really, really want, your truest intention, the one thing that's on your heart. Write it down. Write it on a piece of paper. Make it clear for you. And then read it five times a day. As soon as you wake up, set an alarm on your phone, morning, noon, and night. Read it as many times as you can and keep processing how it can happen. And I promise you, things will start moving in your favor. Doors will start opening up. Unexpected opportunities will start presenting itself. But a lot of people say they want something, but they don't even write it down. They don't even make it clear in their head what it would look like. How are you going to go somewhere if you don't even know the destination? If I tell you to go to the store... Are you going to ask me which store or are you just going to get in the car and start driving? You're going to say, which store? What do you want? Same thing with life. If you don't know which way to the store, you don't even know the correct store to go to. How are you going to get there? So make sure you set an intention, write down your goals and read them to yourself. Morning, noon and night, at least five times a day. And just kind of hold the thought around. How does it happen? What does it look like? Break the goal down. If your goal is to make say, $10,000 with your writings? How many book sales do you have to make to get there? How many books do you have to publish to hit that? Or is that one book? Is that a book advance? What does that look like specifically? What does your goal look like? Break it down to the most minute detail and then read it every day. I promise you, you do that for two weeks. I promise you, it cannot fail. 
it will not fail. That's a little free game I gave you. Enjoy my interview with Billionaire PA. Hi, welcome to another edition of the Jordan Baylor Draft, a series where we deep dive into the minds of writers, coaches, and others who have a way with words. I have on the line author of the inspiring My Mind is Wealthy, the creator of the Speak Your Dreams into Existence Mindset. He is a wealth instructor, business coach, and book author. I am pleased to present Mr. Billionaire PA. How are you doing today, sir? Man, I'm doing spectacular, brother. I appreciate your existence. How about yourself? I'm doing great. So um, I love to start every interview by asking, who is Billionaire PA? Um, Well, Billionaire PA is, you know, for me, I think that's a great question. And the reason why I think that's a great question is oftentimes people ask, ask people, what do they do for a living? And not all the time what a person does represents who they actually are. So me, I focus on what I was created for and I was created and who am I? I am a person who dedicated my life to inspiring over 1 billion people to speak their dreams into existence and teaching people to develop a wealthy mind. Um, So right now I'm just on a mission to really help people develop a wealthy mindset and teach people how to go about speaking um, and manifesting their dreams into the universe. Oh, okay. I, I love that. Speaking your dreams into the universe and being like specific about what you want. Um, what's the story behind your name, Billionaire PA? Oh, the story behind the name is basically I just, you know, I used to be a production assistant. Huh. And, and, like and I was and stuff? Yeah, 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 yeah. I used to be an intern and I always wanted to remember where I came from. And just to be blatantly honest, sometimes I didn't I saw a lot of stuff in the industry that I just didn't like as far as like how upper executives would treat, um, you know, people who would be interns or people who would be, you know, like production assistants or just maybe didn't have the job title. And I wrote a quote that says a job title does not justify your success. So be careful how you treat people, because one day those people might, you know, end up blowing up. But even while they are intern, it doesn't mean they're not gifted. It doesn't mean that they're not talented. You know, um, you know, I do believe that everybody got to, you know, put their work in. But if I see talent, I don't need the talent to go through, you know, what I'm saying a whole bunch of job titles just for it to produce a script for me. If you can write, you can write. Some people was born with the gift to sing. I don't wait. To, I don't have to wait till you get 28 years old before I say, hey, here's a Grammy. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? They're singing yeah. when you. <laughs> I just rock. I just rock with people who are talented, who tell the truth, who got good heart. So, you know, when I was an intern, I used, like I said, I was a production assistant and I always wanted to remember <clears throat> where I actually came from. So that's why I put the PA in my name. Now I changed my name to billionaire because I dedicated my life for two reasons. Um, one, inspiring a billion people. Two, becoming a billionaire. Mm. So two billions. Okay. Two billions. All right. I, I really enjoyed the book, My Mind is Wealthy, because you you talked about like living intentionally. And when I read the forward of your book, it literally showcases that you're doing what your book touches on. Um, so you got the can you give me the backstory on how you landed uh Devin Franklin to to write the forward for your book? Absolutely. It's uh it's Devon Franklin. Devon Franklin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Where's the book at? Let me see right here. Let me grab it real quick. Yeah, yeah. So Devon was a person that I actually looked up to and I really respected the work that he was doing in the community. And I've always been a person. um, I wrote a quote that says, never spend your present time with a person that you don't have a future with. And so he was someone that, 
you know, I looked up to, I respected, and I still do. I respect the work that he does. And I saw him being strong in an area, in an area where I was weak at, you know, I was, um, I, I like how he would speak highly <clears throat> of his wife, you know, Megan. And, you know, I was transitioning from a very, um, negative mindset of, you know, fighting with my mom, having abandonment issues, cutting women off, you know, sleeping with different um, you know, women taking on different energies and stuff of that nature. And I never knew how to resolve an issue without arguing, without fighting, without just saying, you know, F you, it's over, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, I was, um, you know, just really looking up to him in that aspect of how he, you know, loved and appreciated his woman. So I respected that. And I, and I had never seen that, you know what I'm saying? You know, a lot of people, they ask uh, men to be men, but how can you be a man if you've never actually seen a man? You've never experienced a man as a mentor. So just because you grew up with a, you know, a tool between between your legs, that's not what makes you a man. You know, um, you have to develop character. You have to develop loyalty, not for other people within yourself. You have to build your dreams on a solid foundation of trust, loyalty and respect. <clears throat> and, you know, even today I'm still growing. But to answer your question. I went on to Instagram and I put my dream in the universe on 2-12-2016 at 12.06 p.m. I wrote, I speak into existence that my brother Devon Franklin will write the forward in my new book, My Mind is Wealthy, book releases in May 2016. Um, I was late on the release date of the book, but I gave people the dates, the time and everything. And I went, you know, um, in order. February 12th is the day that I wrote that and posted it on Instagram. Wednesday, February 17th, I think that's about five days later at 7 p.m. I said I decided to go support Devon Franklin at the release of his new book, The Weight. And he had that in Los Angeles at one church. And I went there. I bought some shirts. I bought some books from him. And then I ended up gifting him some of my actual products because I do believe that in order to receive, you got to give. And when you have a platform like Devon Franklin, he's so used to people sharing their story. He's so used to meeting a lot of different people. So I wanted to be one of the people that stood out. So I went and I supported the book and I also gave him products from my clothing line. I gave them to him and his wife. And then I asked him on that particular day, would he write the forward in my book? And he said, yes. He said yes on Wednesday, February 17th. But I did not receive the forward until May. So it mm -hmm. just goes. You know, and I didn't I wouldn't I wasn't the type of person that say, oh, this person said yes. And they didn't do it. They didn't do it. So, you know, in between that time, I emailed this man nonstop, bro, because <laughs> I my dream. And you can call me crazy and you can call me whatever it is that you want to call me. But when it comes to my dream, when it comes to this is how I feed my family. Mm -hmm. If I want to if I want you to write my screenplay, bro, I believe in God so much. I believe in the universe so much that he will make you have a change of mind. If you ever even thought about not writing it, that he will encourage you to write it. That's the power of my mind. That's the power of manifestation. If I want any type of woman goddess, if I want any type of money, I don't pray, I don't have the same prayers twice. And the reason why I don't have the same prayers twice is because the God in the universe that I believe in is going to grant me whatever I ask for because I'm intentional with my words and I'm intentional with my feet more than my actual words. And my grandmama always told me, watch a person's feet, not their mouth. When your work speak for you, you never have to open your mouth. Wow. I, I love, there's so many things to touch on in that, in what you just said, you know, to unpack, like, I, I love the part where you talked about the intentional of your words and of your prayers and of your mindset. But I also wanted to touch on how you networked properly to get that 
um, forward written. And you get, you walked up with to, to, to Devon and you said, Hey, I have something for you. Hold this. This is a t-shirt. This is a, this, this is a, that also in exchange for, did you immediately ask for the forward or was it more just like, here's this. And then I'll, you followed up and then asked like through an email or something. No, I gave him, I give you, I walked in the church. Mm-hmm. I listened to him preach at mm-hmm. one church with Torrey Roberts. I was, they were, they were very familiar with me, bro. I'm in the, it's like, I'm be honest with you, bro. Ain't no way you living in LA and you don't know me. If you, if you someone who finna succeed, especially as a black person, I'm everywhere, bro. I was on the street selling 5,000 t-shirts on the streets of Los Angeles with no distribution. That means I'm on the streets, bro. I'm talking to everybody. I'm in the hoods. I'm in Compton. I'm in, I'm on uh, uh, Crenshaw. I'm on uh, Arlington. I'm in mid city. I'm in Hollywood, North Hollywood. I'm in Sherman Oaks. I'm everywhere with my clothes, (laughs) you know, just my dream because I didn't want, I went from selling dope, bro, to selling dope products. Yeah. And so when I went, wow. To answer your question, when I went to that church, I gave when he got done speaking, he went mm-hmm. to the back of the church. He started autographing his books and I gave him some shirts. I mean, when he saw me, he was familiar with me, bro, because, bro, I was speaking. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, OK. I was okay. speaking at, in a lot of places, but I was I was to me. I felt like I was getting famous, but I was broke and I don't want to be no famous broke person. <laughs> but that, that, it's not cute to me. You know, yeah. everybody, I mean, you got a million followers on Instagram, but you don't have a million followers. I mean, a million dollars in your bank account, yeah. you know. And people would tell me that money ain't everything as if being broke is much, you know. So for me, um, I don't want to be walking around acting fake uh, rich because you're going to grow up and you're going to be real broke. That's how you're going to retire, real broke. So I'd rather put that. So the energy that you put into being fake rich, it, you could take that same energy and put it into really acquiring it. And that's you sit, bro, you sitting really, you can mark my words, bro. You sitting really talking to a billionaire. You sit, but not, it's not about the money, though. It's about the impact that I'm going to have with the money that I'm going to get. I am going to, they better be glad I'm not the president of the United States of America because every black family on the face of earth would be required to go get them a business entity. Mm. Every black family would be required to go get them a nonprofit organization. It would be a requirement with me. Every black person would be required to get them a passport so that they can see that it is bigger than just an American dream. It's a world dream. The only reason why I have 83 books and the only reason why I was able to pull out my gifts and the only reason why I'm actually living my dream is because of a trip that I took to Jerusalem. Mm. A place where they told where they where, where I've seen Americans say like like Cat Williams said in the comedy thing sketch where he called they call them insurgents. And because you don't know how to readily identify with what that is, that those are children that I've seen people over there killing. Oh wow. With my own eyes. So, you know, it's like if you if you believe everything the media tells you and you ain't never went nowhere, you that's only that's the only thing that you have to see. So I've seen it for myself when I'm going to these different countries. It's not as bad as we make it out to be. People dying everywhere, bro. I'm more fearful as a black man of dying in America than I am in any other country. You black? Am I lying? No, no. <laughs> no lies stated there. <laughs> I try to stay in the house as much as possible, just from just from. Yeah, but why we have to stay in the house in a, in a country that should be ours? Yeah. So to me, I, I wanted to use my gifts and my talents to you know show people the power of manifestation. So it's not a to me, it's not a black or a white thing, but mm-hmm. it's more so of understanding who you. Before you can live out your dream, you have to understand who you are. 
as an individual. And a lot of people, they do not understand who they are. They don't know what they stand for. How can you be successful if you've never even defined what success is to you? So how did you find what was your intention? How did you find that personally? Well, for me, bro, my, my man, I, I was so, man, my life was so jacked up, bro. Like it was like even to sit and think about it. You talk to a person, man, my mama had got hit by a drunk driver. Oh. Told she would never walk again. Um, my daddy got hit by a drunk driver. He went into a coma. So I was, it was, everything was like catch 22 for me. You know, catch 22, meaning when my dad got hit, it was like, I didn't know whether to be happy or sad because it's like, damn, I'm sad you in a coma. Well, at least I got to meet you. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. dang, at least we spent some time. This ain't how I would have wanted it to be. But when my mama got hit by the drunk driver, we were so abusive towards each other. It's like, damn, finally I get a break. But shoot, I'm, I'm I hate you in that situation. But I want you to feel the pain that I'm feeling. And I don't care then what, what what people would say. Like, oh, how, how can you, you know, at 14, how can you wish death on your mom? I'm like, man, I'm 14. And I was passionate about saying that. You should ask a better question would be what would make a 14-year-old say something like that about his mom? Yeah. Shoot, I was passionate about them words back then, bro. When they would, when my mom would say, uh, pray to God, bro, I used to say, you better be glad I don't believe in God because I would pray death on you. Wow. So everything that you see me saying now of like speaking into existence, I used to be the opposite. I used to speak negative things into the universe and it would happen. I've been, I went to jail like over 20 times before I was 21. Right. Uh-huh. But I used to, I used to judge took away my weekends. So I used to go to turn myself in on Fridays at five o'clock and get out on Sunday at five o'clock. I used to drive myself to jail every weekend in Dave, Alabama. And I caught my drug charge in Anahuac where I was uh, facing five years. And then in Alexander City, Alabama, I caught a three-year conspiracy case while I was facing three years. So then I watched my little sister. She was seven. Um, she got killed when she was seven by a drunk driver. She never got to live her dreams. She never got to grow up and have no children. She's not going to grow up and get to, uh, you know, have no uh, children, graduate high school. So guess what? I'm living, I'm living her dreams through me. That's why I be going so hard. My other brother and sister, they drowned each other by accident. They was eight and they was five. So when the person sit here, like you, you talking about like to me, when a person asks, like, how'd you get Devon to write the forward in your book, man, that's small change to a giant. That was nothing for me. Dude, I can get you to write a screenplay. You know why? Because it's, it's the power. It's like, bro, if you can look at your mama laying in the bed and told she never walk again, that's harder than getting Devon Franklin to write a forward in the book. That's harder than get a billion dollars to me. You know what I'm saying? So that's that stuff is easy to me. You know, if I want to make a million dollars, all that mean is make all that mean is to make two thousand nine hundred and forty dollars per day for three hundred and sixty five days in a year. That's easy work to me. It's not easy, but you just gotta break down. People have big goals, but they don't break down small commitments. I love how you just put it all in perspective, you know, because it's like sometimes in our head we build things up. And we're our, I guess our brain does overthinks or something. I don't know what it does, but it just makes things a lot bigger than what they really are. It's like, you want this guy to write the forward to your books, so just ask him. Like, <laughs> bug him until he does it. It's like so simple with you, you know? Yeah, and I mean, I, that's what I did. He'll tell you. <laughs> and I, <know. laughs> I email that man every day. Uh, not every day, but probably every day. Probably every other day, every week, you know, mm-hmm. following up with him. 
This episode is brought to you by our good friends over at Sock Season. I have a pair of their unisex essential star quality socks, and man, they are comfortable. They truly are. They, they, they come in like weird, funky, cool colors. And I'm not just saying this because they paid me. I'm saying it because I'm a big sock guy and I hate socks that fall apart after a few washes or they're cheap or they're they're tight around the toe or they hurt around the ankle. I've experienced a lot of different socks and a lot of these companies are cutting corners. I've gotten socks from H&M, different department stores. And quite frankly, I feel like I've gotten beaten a lot of times because I no longer wear the socks. And after a few washes, they either rip or they shrink or I lose a pair or I lose one of the socks. Those two are on me. But sometimes they're warped and they just lose their shape. But the cool thing about Sock Season is Sock Season has a unique 30-day wash guarantee which covers socks bought within the first 30 days. Like if you buy them and they fall apart within the first 30 days, they will replace them. No questions asked, which is crazy, but that's how much they believe in their socks. So go to www.sockseason.com. S-O-C-K-S-E-A-S-O-N.com. Use coupon code OFFSTAGE for 25% off your first order and tell them Jordan sent you because every day is sock season. Um, when did you start to understand the uh, power of your mind? Um, when I was locked up in jail, my grandma made, I called my grandma from jail and I think this was the time, I'm just putting it in perspective for you. When I got out of jail in Anahuac, Texas, I, well, I was in jail for this drug charge and I didn't think I was going to get out. My mother, who I did not get along with, literally dropped everything, bro. She drove over 14 hours from Alabama to Texas to get me out of jail. But she didn't even know if I was going to be able to go. She just like, oh, my God, my son, I had to stay in jail. She just took off. You know, and I ended up bonding out, <clears throat> still had to go to trial. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on the way home, we driving home. She doing her little, um, at the time, I would call it her little uh, spiritual speech. I didn't want to hear any of that mm-hmm. um, because as a black man, I'm I'm struggling, man. Y'all talking about pray in my head. Prayers came later. As a young black man, I needed instant gratification. I needed money today. I needed success now. You know, um, so my dream was to die before I was 21 or already be in jail. We already know that's what came with the territory based on what I was doing. It was a history. So on our way home. I'm driving and I'm not driving. I think I might, I might've been or my mama was, but whoever was driving the car caught a fire and bro, we got out the car right in time before the engine blew up. So we stuck in Texas. We walked to the gas station. We called my auntie, which is my mama's sister. She had to drive another, you know, we might've made it two hours and this is my mama calling right now, bro. She calling me right now while I'm telling this story. Wow. Show you on camera. I'm not catching. She calling me right now while I'm on here. Um, <laughs> She's calling. We, we're manifesting that, man. Hey, 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 mama, I'm on a Zoom call. I'm telling them about the story of movies coming back from Texas. Oh, okay. All right, I'll call you back. You all right? I'm good. All right, welcome. But yeah, we was um we was on the way back from Texas, and <clears throat> the motor had blew up. We got out the car right in time, bro. And we called my auntie. She came to get, she came up to get us. It took her another 12 hours. So I drive all the way back. This is on a Friday. Had to be. I get back to Alabama. 
The next day, before 12 o'clock, I'm getting arrested again to go to um, jail for uh, uh, something that somebody had did. And they said they they knew they was going to do it and they told me they was going to do it. And the judge felt like I should have told. I'm like, man, I'm in a whole nother state in jail. <laughs> I'm not even thinking about them people. I know. You know, and I ended that's how I caught a conspiracy charge. It doesn't mean I actually did the crime myself. I mean, if someone tells me they're going to do something, I don't really think, you know, I don't really know for sure if you're going to do it. People say they're going to go get their dreams. They don't go get them. Yeah. I was supposed to tell you that they was going to do it. I didn't know they was going to really do it. <laughs> so that's how I caught my conspiracy charge. It was, man, that almost got me three years in jail, bro. Now imagine going to jail for something you didn't do. <laughs> Something you didn't even know you had to tell. Yeah, I'm like, man, I've never been in a situation like this. You know, they just put, you know, that's a whole nother story. But I want to stay on topic with your your question. Um, So I'm locked up in jail and my grandmama, I'm on the phone with her and she says, hey, how many times did them people feed you today? And I said, grandma, you know, these people fed us um, one time today. It's 11 o'clock or something like that. Might have been before 12. And she said, baby, um, them people fed you one time, but I paid for the meal twice. So I said, what you mean by that? And she said, um, I came down there and put the money on your books. And I also pay taxes. We, the people pay taxes for the prison system that's holding you incarcerated. So she said, if you ever decide to get out of jail and change your life and do something positive, you make sure you charge black people, white people, Asian people. You make sure you don't get them shit for free. Because I'm tired of seeing them uh, disrespect us. And she said, you charge your mama. Because it's time for people to see it ain't about the money, bro. So when I dropped my book for $900, everybody running around talking about, oh, you putting a book out for $900? Bro, I can't help y'all don't see y'all worth. I see my worth. And what I write about is too valuable for me to sell for $10 because y'all don't read $10 books as a whole. Y'all don't read $20 books. But you know what? You wear $1,000 Gucci purses. Mm. You wear $1,000 Gucci shoes. You make sure everybody see them G's. So now let's make sure everybody see them, them, uh, them bank accounts. Let's make sure everybody see them credit scores. Let's make sure everybody see that escort, that LLC. Let's brag a different way now. Let's make $20, $20 million and, and have a nonprofit and write it off. That's what I'm into now. You know what I'm saying? But if I took, then that's what's in this book right here. This book is teaching you how I developed a wealthy mindset. And once I develop the wealthy mindset, you know, a part of wealth, bro, is money. But it's not just money. It's your health, too. Do you got a healthy kidney? Do you have a healthy lung? Because without no heartbeat, you ain't going to be able to make no money. That bank account ain't going to be beating too long. So for me, I started to reprogram my mindset, bro. I stopped putting rent before my dreams. I stopped putting T-Mobile before me. I stopped putting the uh, gas bill, the electricity bill. Nobody comes before me, bro. My mama don't even come before me. So you started to invest in yourself more? It didn't come before me. Nah, bro, let me ask you something, bro. How can you you love someone else if you don't love yourself? How can you give you something that you don't have? How can you give someone $10 and you don't have it? Let's just be logical with that. How can you take a real $10 bill out your pocket if you really don't have it? So you need to go get it first and then bless other people. I needed to go get the wealthy mind so I could come back and teach my mama what a wealthy mindset was. So for me, I'm a selfish person, bro. And I say it, I say it unapologetically because I grew up with people teaching us to be selfless. 
Now, when you really think about it, why should you ever think less of yourself? We grew up thinking, take everything you got, give it away, give it away to please another person's ego that don't pay your bills. So for me, anybody that's whether I don't get online to, for people to believe in my thought process, I don't get online for people to like me. You know, people don't like themselves, bro. So how much, how can I expect you to like me? There's a lot of people not happy with them. Oh, I got, I know this because I battled with the same depression. People say, "Oh, you dramatic, bro." Tell me, tell me what's what's not dramatic about seeing your daddy in a coma? What's funny about that? Mm-hmm. If your if your sister drowned each other five and eight, what's funny about that? I've lived a very dramatic life, so what would be the outcome of me? I would be a very dramatic person. That only makes sense. You know what I'm saying? I have mm-hmm. fun, but you know what I'm saying. So what I'm saying, what a reason why I say that is, I own everything that I really am. You know what I'm saying? Like if I have a, into the it. only way that you can fix anything in your life is to is to get spot on with your weaknesses, address them, so that you can move forward. You know what I'm saying? I don't eat. I used to didn't eat the healthiest. I didn't sit there and say, "Well, I've been eating this all my life." Yeah. You, know, you I address that. And I say, boom, I'm finna, I'm finna attempt some kale salad. I'm finna attempt some black seed oil. I'm finna attempt some sea moss. You know, that was something that was new for me, but I attempted it. So when I was locked up in jail, my grandma said another thing that she said was, get mm-hmm. on your body, but don't get on people your mind. And ever since then, bro, I've been rolling, bro. <laughs> So that conversation was really like the the spark. Yeah, that sparked the wealthy minds, bro. And it took it might have took me. I didn't even go homeless until about maybe seven years later. And that's when I started to sit back and reflect. She had passed away, mm. you know, and I'm sitting here and I'm just listening to everything she had said. It was like a tape recording. When I was in that truck, I found the Bible she had gave me. I never opened that Bible. It was the good old English Bible. And she said she gave it to me because it talked like me. Because I used to tell her I don't want to read no Bible because the Bible be saying words I don't understand. You were reading the Bible, it say thou out not shout. I didn't understand. I couldn't put context in that. It's like just say a, a straight sentence for me. Just tell me what it what it is. That's how I interpret. And so she said, "Here go a Bible for you, good old English Bible version. It reads just like you talk." Wow. I she never loved you, huh? Till I was in that truck, bro. I started. I remember the first thing I read was in the Bible was the Book of Genesis, and I wasn't even. I was just a man. Let me open the book. It said, uh, first the some the world was created, and God said, let there be light. God said, let there be birds, let there be land. So I'm sitting there in the car. I'm like, man, please, ain't nothing happen that easy now. This I'm really saying this to myself, bro. Like I said, man. Well, I started having a conversation. With God, bro, like, if you did that, then let me get up out this truck. Let me write my dreams down, bro. I wrote 10 things down in the back of that truck, and they all manifested. I love all of them to this day. All of them. I don't play with God no more. I manifested my butt right up out of that car, bro. Real talk. I sat there and wrote books that I didn't even know would become books. I went, I sat there and wrote, it's okay for your pockets to be broke. Just make sure your mind makes sense. Because I was really broke. You know what I'm saying? I sat there and wrote, tie yourself to greatness before uh, failure chokes you because I was in the I was in the car getting choked. You know what I'm saying? When I was right, never spend your present time with a person that you don't have a future with. I wasn't talking about no relationship uh, with a personal person. I was talking about drug dealers. I was talking about people who I was hanging with. I was talking about people who were stealing. 
people who was robbing and stuff. I knew all the wrong people, bro. I knew all the people that would have got me killed in the next year. So when you were you were in the truck, you're homeless, and you just like you, you turned around, you're reading your grandmother's Bible, and uh, you're going through your affirmations. Is the only book that you're consuming basically the Bible and, and your thoughts? Is this just a constant loop of that? And you just kind of what's going on? What's going through your head? I, I was only consuming grandmama thoughts. Everything my mama had was my mama was still living. So she was well, she still living now. She was talking to me, but she would be like, and to answer your question, I was reading the Bible. And my mama one time I had, and I'm attempting to remember this to the T. I got two felonies on my record, and this is a true story. But if my mom was right here right now, she'll tell you, bro. I was attempting to get this job. I had got turned down by 150-some companies. I couldn't get no job because I had felonies. Mm. And I had passed two rounds of interviews for a company that was possibly, they had told me the pay was like $80,000. So I was so happy. I had never had nobody tell me they was going to give me no $80,000. So I just knew if I had got this job, boy, it was going to be over. I didn't need nothing else. And I had to just go through one more round. I'm like, damn, they passed me. Mama, they ain't seen my felonies the first time. Damn, I made it through another round. They didn't see it again. And she was like, man, you might get the job. Man, one day I had to get there at 7.15 for the third round to take the little assessment test. Uh-huh. It might have been, it was 7 o'clock. Shoot, I'm in my red truck. I'm not going to say the name of the truck until they decide to sponsor me. <laughs> I don't tell the name of the truck I slept in no more till y'all decide to sponsor me. I'm speaking that into existence. Uh, <laughs> if y'all see this video, I'm a live series. Um, because I understand my the power of my story and I deserve to be compensated for that, especially, you know, I, I created my dreams in there. Um so I ended up while I'm driving, bro, to the to the to the interview, right? I ended up hitting this old white lady, right? And it's about 6.50, bro. I in the morning? Panicked. Oh, Yeah, yeah, in the morning. Oh, in the morning. I panicked so bad that, guess what I did? I jumped out the car. I ran to the lady. I mm-hmm. said, um, man, I promise you, man, my life is just so messed up. I'm not attempting to run from you. I said, I, I got to get to this interview. I got to get to this interview. I get a lady my driver's license, bro, my whole wallet, everything, and I just took off running with my bag, bro. Cause all I could think about was just getting a job because I was living on the streets and I was attempting to get off with it. And when I seen that movie, bro, Pursuit of Happiness. Yeah. When that man took off running, it took every bone in my body, bro, not to cry because I had, I had done that. You felt that I done that, bro. I had done that. Wow. That's a powerful story. That's a powerful story, man. I'm gonna let the I'm gonna let the moment breathe on that one. That's a. So, did you get the job or what happened? Nah, I got there. I got there, bro. I was probably, I was probably thirty minutes late. They they didn't want to let me take the test. They, they said you late, you can't take the test. Oh man. Then this one lady, she let me in. I ended up taking the test. I ain't never flunked no test in my life. I, I failed the test. I'm just making a long story short. I failed that test. I argued for about 15 minutes to get in there to take the test. The one lady was saying who was in the room giving the test said, I told you nobody can't be late. And the other lady I'm begging, I'm telling her, don't nobody else in there need that job. I don't care if Jesus is in there. I need the job better than him. Yeah. 
Because I knew my situation. I was like, nobody going to do the job better than me. I'm just thinking about, shoot, how I got to get out of my situation. Shoot, yeah. uh, I remember I uh, took the test. I used somebody else's address to send the results to. Shoot, I was on them every day. Like, if it was, if it was your house, I'll call you every day. Did they send it? Did they send it? I'm just waiting for the results. They told me all I had to do is make a 70 and above. I get the job. Man, I opened that letter. Man, that mug was the most discouraging thing. I, I, I felt like I might have had a 10 on the test. Damn. You think maybe because you were like so scattered brain from hitting the woman that kind of just messed know. through everything off? Oh, no. I don't, I don't even remember now. But when that test was over, I walked all the way back to where I had hit the lady and my car was gone. They oh. had, they had, so this one, I think, I think it's a point in my book where I wrote and I said, you know, your life messed up when your house and your car get told all at the same time. I wrote that in my book. I said, if you don't understand what I just said, it's maybe because you've never been in this situation. My house and my car got told all at once. And they suspended my driver's license. Because of the accident? Yeah, because, um, so I hit the lady on February 2nd. And my mama's insurance on the car, it had expired on February 1st. So basically, I didn't have no insurance. Oh, one day late. But my mama had told me she had paid it, but she was like, I ain't think he was gonna hit nobody the next day. You know how <laughs> yeah. you know how we do. Yeah. Hey, yeah. <laughs> I didn't think he was gonna hit nobody. <laughs> that's why I used to call insurance, mama. <laughs> I know. In case that's when, we, that's when the altercation came of with her. And I just went off on her. Went off on her bad, she'll tell you. I went off bad, bro. That's when I went off and I started saying, You keep talking about if I start selling dope. That um things gonna work out. Ain't no God. Stop telling me it's God. I'm out here as a black man. I'm working. I'm trying. I can't get no job. I don't understand this world. You know what I'm saying? They don't give black men no shot. Y'all don't know what we go through. Every day I wake up, I'm out here trying to get a job. How can I? What am I gonna do? What am I gonna do, mom? I can't work. You saying don't sell dope? How do I eat? I can't even get a job for eight dollars. I can't even get an eight eight dollar hour job. I got rejected. Hmm. Then I got to go sit in front of some judge that's going to sit here and tell me, do something better with your life. First off, I don't even take advice like that from people who not the same color as me. You don't even under, you never been through the hood that I come from. You put more people, if I put, if I put, if I, if I'm a judge, right, if I put a hundred people that came from a particular hood in jail, if I really cared, I hope a judge see this, if I really cared about that community, Maybe you should go visit that community to see why is you sending so many people to jail from that community? Why not go over there and attempt to make a change? Because they're doing their job and their job is literally to incarcerate and get people in the slave uh, profit prison system. And that's it. They don't really care about the problem, man. And so me, I'm a person that do. I don't want to see you go to jail. I don't want to see your children go to jail. It's, di- it's other ways that you can make money, bro. You don't have to sit on your butt and get free labor from people. There's millions of ways that you can get money. I'm out here selling ebooks for a living. Ebooks, bro. How e-books. did you get started in that? Shoot, just writing books. Just sitting in my truck, just writing. You know, I'm just sitting there just writing. That's why I tell you, like, when I sat in that truck, bro, I called my mom. She said, baby, just calm down, calm down, calm down. She was panicking. And I was going, I was like, man, you told me you was going to pay the insurance. Now I'm finna get, my license finna get suspended. I, I ain't, my life messed up. Can't get no job. And I just said, man, fuck jobs. I create my own shit. That's exactly what I said. And that's how I wrote the quote. I don't look for jobs. I create them. That's how I so, wrote that quote in real life. Man, this is so like, 
It's like you told me, you told me before the interview even started that you, it's like my life is like a movie. And, and, I've, and I've heard that before, you know, especially when you tell people you're a screenwriter, they're like, you should write, you should turn my life story into a movie. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. But like what you just said was like basically a three act structure. It was like, you know, the, the rising and then it came crashing down with the accident and then you couldn't get the job. And then, you know. But underneath all there, the hero rose again because you were sitting in the truck and you found what you were really supposed to be doing, which is writing these ebooks and, and getting the message out and inspiring the youth what you what your what your message is. So I, I think it's a beautiful transformation. God damn, it's a beautiful man. It's a beautiful struggle. Wow. Hey, it was a blessing not to get that job. I created yeah. my yeah. creative own. I had this mentor. I don't wanna his name Maurice. I was sitting with him. I was just writing. And he was like, dang, let me see your book. He had this book, right? It was called the Real Estate Bible. This man was so rich, bro. He was he was about 28, 29. This man was filthy rich. Black man from Alabama. Your mentor, Maurice? Yeah. He had Lambos, Rolls Royce. We up in San Jose, man. He was stunned, bro. He was stunned. Bro, my life was so bad. Like, I'm just keeping a hundred with you, a thousand. Yeah, yeah, bro, I wasn't, I wasn't even interested in no girls or nothing. That's how, like, my life was so bad. I was wearing the same clothes. I didn't even think I had nothing to really get nobody. Mm. So when I would hang around him, I was just soaking up the knowledge. The man, bro, tried to give me some money one time. And I said, mm-hmm. I don't want the money. I just need the knowledge. So he said like, no to money? Yeah. Cause I knew if he get if if someone teach me how to make six figures, bro, you can never take that knowledge back. That's true. So you give it to me one time, I'm gonna lose it. I'm gonna have to keep depending on you. That's what's wrong with a lot of people out here waiting on EBT, waiting on Trump to send them another twelve hundred dollars. I never needed no man to send me no money. I go get what I want. That's how my grandmama raised me. I'm not waiting on no check to come to me. I am the check. Shoot, money is a promissory note that acquires debt. Knowledge is a promissory note that acquires power. So you should have never been putting your trust in the money. Money is something that you play with. I'm going to make a billion dollars and I'm not going to thank God for it. Because I don't thank God for things that he did not create. He did not create me to be out here working to get no money. He created you and he created humans. And we should be appreciating the existence of people's lives more than we should be valuing a dollar. You should be thanking the sun, the stars, the moon and appreciating that more than you should be out here worried about a car. Because people was rich and wealthy long before money existed. Ain't no pastor going to argue with me on this. Jesus Christ wasn't running around here with no fiat. (laughs) He wasn't riding around in no car. You ain't finna tell me. I what you gonna tell me. Times have changed. I don't care about all that. People mm-hmm. were joyful back then. We not joyful right now. We got all of that. You got the big house and you ain't happy. You got the wife and you ain't happy. You know why? Because you ain't found it within. You don't know how to call somebody that hurts you in your past and tell them that you appreciate their existence and send them some flowers. I send my enemies. If, if the devil walked in right now, I'd give him some flowers, bro. Hmm. I'd take him out to dinner because the devil made me a man. <laughs> I don't be ashamed to tell nobody negativity because I understand, you know what I'm saying? I understand that when you get in your car, bro, Mm -hmm. there's a negative and there's a positive sign on your car battery, right? Yes. Why do you think that? Why did the cars know to put negativity and positivity together, but you don't want to put them together in your life? 
I don't know. I so never thought about the, the car battery. The energy that come together creates something called kinetic energy. And that's how you get to decide if your car get to go forward, backwards, or you can stay in neutral if you want to. Well, that's how it works in life, too. You as the operator can decide if you're going to stay your ass in your past. And some people, they go too far in their future. But the only thing that exists right now in the universe, in the world, is the present, bro. So what you thinking about you finna do in 10 minutes, it don't even exist yet. But so, so many people, they live so far in their future that they can't even enjoy their present moment. People can't even go out on a date without, without getting off their cell phone. Hmm. If social media went down right now, millions of people would commit social media suicide. So I just tell people, you better learn to heart, like, and love your damn self. Because I never needed no tool to tell me I love me. And I don't, I don't need that. So for me, I understand, you know, I don't, I'm not a perfect individual. Mm -hmm. But going back to that particular car is when it comes to the negative and the positive, that's how God created the universe. When I go back to the book of Genesis, when he said, let there be light, he also said, let there be darkness. Because on your route to success, right, you get in the car and you drive into success, you can see the light. But you got to go through darkness to get there. So basically what I took from that is how would you know that the light even existed, bro, if you never seen no darkness? You wouldn't. If you woke up every day and you just seen light, you would never know darkness ever existed. So if you never met a bad wife or you never met a bad person, how would you know how to appreciate a phenomenal person? So that person is needed and they deserve a thank you, too, because they made you a better person. They should have. That's the purpose of it. That's the purpose of negativity and positivity. So if so, in, in essence, like this, if I never went to jail, right, what book would I have to wrote you? If my mama never got hit by a drunk driver, what would I have been talking about on your podcast? Why would you have reached out to me? What car would I have to slept in? If none of that never happened. So that's all. It's the, the purpose of going through something is to learn a lesson so that you don't do it no more. Wow. So you learn how to take the 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 positive the, the negative and, and reframe it for a positive yeah, for yourself to find it, the positive part. If, of it. if I went to jail, bro, and I wrote all these books and I went to jail 20 times and I wrote all these books and now mm -hmm. if my family and now my mama working with me, how is that negative? That's just how I look at it. Mm. So you, you wrote 83 books. How did you crank out so many books? Like what's your writing process like? What does that look like? Five thousand. Quotes is how many I wrote in the back of my truck. I really wrote 10,000, but I can't show you the other 10 because they were the other five because they was negative. So I wrote 10,000 quotes. Um, I was going to only 5,000 ended up being positive and I slept in my truck 63 straight days and I was homeless for 36 months. If you take 5,000 and divide that by 63, that's a total of 79 books. Now, 63 meaning in this book, my mind is wealthy. This is a 79 book series. So meaning I didn't put all 5,000 quotes in the book. I divided it and I only put 63 quotes in the book at a time to represent the number of straight days that I actually slept in my truck. So this book is called My Mind is Wealth, Wealthy, Wealth One, not version one, wealth one, because I wanted to brand me. And when version two come out, which is wealth two, when you open the book, it starts on quote what? 64. You see what I'm saying? Uh, and when you come out with when I come out with wealth three, it starts on quote one twenty one. 
and then so on and so on and so on. Does that make sense? So yeah. the marketing strategy is wherever I blow up in my career, you will always have to go back and get the books before that. Wow. Uh, so I, I, li- I like one thing that I, I liked about the book was that you had, uh, you know, different people's uh, struggles in there as well. Like I read this story about uh, the rapper Little Nico and I didn't understand what happened to him. And then I got his whole backstory that he was fighting illness right when his career started to take off and that, you know, he's trying to inspire the youth to still reach their dreams and stuff like that. How did you, um, is that what you in- originally intended to, to put together in the book? You wanted it to be like a crowdsource information from other people or was the book originally just your thoughts and your ideas on your uh, um, affirmations that you used to get yourself out of your terrible situation? Well, everything that I do has purpose. And if you notice, like after, so 60, you know, the number seven is the, like the number of completion. So the number seven also goes into 63, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. It's good because I do everything with purpose. So after every seventh quote, I would say, take a break away from my dream and mm-hmm. read somebody's story. And so I wanted to share somebody else's story and somebody else's dream. And I was only picking people who had dreams of writing a book. And see, my way of teaching is is unique, bro. And it hits. It hurts too, right? It'll hurt my, my, my way of teaching, it'll hurt you. So I had a homegirl who was like, oh, ain't nobody going to buy my story. Ain't nobody going to buy my story. So I said, girl, send me a paragraph for your story. Send me a paragraph. She, she wrote her story. She sent me a paragraph. I said, girl, I'm put that in my book. You mind? She said, man, put it in the book. I don't mind. You write the book. So I said, cool. Sign this NDA form. Give me the rights to this particular. I don't want your story. I just want the rights to this to say you'll never come sue me for putting your story in my book. Now, you, uh-huh. you want to protect books after that, do what you got to do, but I just need to protect me. She wrote it. She was like, man, ain't nobody going to buy my story and then like that. I put it in the book, and then I put the price on the book. I was selling these books for $136.63. She called me. She said, somebody bought the story. I said, yo, they bought a paragraph for your story. You know how many black people don't believe in themselves? I'm selling a paragraph for you. You can't even sell the whole you. You showed her her own value. So that's why I say, I'll make you not like me, bro. I, if you do music, bro, I'll make a song right now and go to the streets and sell it and sell more than you. You know what I'm saying? That's just the type of mindset. I got friends I've done this for. They be like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing my man. Stop talking, man. Get, get, let's get in the booth. Put me on the track. Oh, you, how you going to do it, man? I write music. I'm a writer. If you write, you can write anything. If you write screenplay, you can write songs. If you write books, you can write songs. It's easy to me. So we get in the booth. I'm making a song. I made a song called You Can Never Have Too Much Faith. I wrote that song with my business partner, Tiffany Catcher. I went and found a young lady by the name of Hanani Taylor. Taylor, she sung the song. Boom, now I got a song. I own the rights to that song. I own the rights to speak your dreams. I don't care if they never make a million, a, bi- a billion dollars, bro. I'm, 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 I'm excited and aroused off the fact that I own it. So if they do blow it, I own that. That's intellectual property. So I'm just gonna sit on it to y'all, to, to, to somebody come along and say, "Hey, we need that song. You can never have too much faith." I'm like, "Well, this gonna cost you." I own that song, man. I can do what I want to do with that song. It's a very inspirational song too. It's good. Your mindset is really just flooring, man. You're just like, I don't know. You just have a way of distilling, distilling thoughts and just kind of, I don't, I don't know how to describe it. Um, it, is it, is it something that you developed or you had the same mindset? You just found it after just kind of going through on those homelessness and just this hardened mentality. I mean, bro, it's just a, it's a series of things that just adds up that gives you mm-hmm. a why you do what you do. 
Like, I'm sure you have a reason that you do the podcast. Everybody got a purpose, I would hope. Everybody got a reason. Some people just never discover theirs. But when I walked in that house, I had, when I sold my first pound of, of, of marijuana, mm-hmm. um, I had went to this grocery store and called Piggly Wiggly. <laughs> I know that story. Yeah, you only notice it. People only notice if they from the South. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's when people hear this from the South, they're like, yeah, I know Piggly Wiggly. It's <laughs> a grocery store called Piggly Wiggly. If you ever heard of Piggly Wiggly, say wealthy and say uh, wealthy in the comments. Um, I went to the grocery store. I bought my mama, grandmama a turkey. It might have been a ham. I don't remember exactly. It was one of them. I remember I had a hundred dollar bill, bro. I went through the checkout line. I gave the lady a hundred, bro. I was so amped to get out that store to get that turkey or ham to my grandma that I told the young lady to keep the hundred dollars, the change. The change. I think it was like seventy dollars worth of change. I think that turkey might have cost me like thirty six dollars. But my grandma didn't have no food. She was sitting in the house, bro. When she would read her Bible, she didn't, the lights had got cut off in my grandma's house. She would sit at her kitchen table, bro, and read her Bible with a candle. I would be in the house, bro. That's why I wrote the quote. Even if I was blind, I could have told you my future was bright. Even in the time when me and my mama stayed in fights and we had no lights from the bottom to the top. In other words, from Alabama to California. And I ain't even had the money for that flight. That's a real that's not a quote to me. That's my real life. Big mama really didn't have no lights. So a lot of people, when they hear me talk, they get confused because I call my grandmama mama and I call my mama mama, too. Mm-hmm. Right now, I'm talking about my grandmama. Yeah. You know? The woman that was my biggest inspiration, you know, that, that woman was in the house with no lights. So when I got to the house, I had brought her this ham. I walked in. This ain't no story I heard, bro. This ain't no story nobody told me. This is something I seen with my own eyes. My mama didn't tell me this. I seen it. I walked in the house and my grandmama, right? I'm telling, break it down. The whole story, right? We, on, we in Alexander City, Alabama. I come to the house. I'm running to the house. I get in the house. I'm ready to run in the house. Grandma, I got the ham. got the ham. Here go ham. My grandmama love to cook. Like most Southern people. I walk in the house, house filled up with people. My mom is sitting into the house. My mom and sister sitting in the house. All the children in the house. And everybody in the house uh, crying, yelling. I look at my grandmama. She's sitting in the rocking chair. She's sitting in her, her chair that she always sitting in, right? Mm-hmm. And then I look up. At my, uh, I look up. Uh, my grandmama uh, holding a Bible in her hand. She holding a Bible in her hand. As soon as I walked in the door, my grandmama said, my last grandbaby just walked in the house. So if you a man, like you say you a man, then pull that trigger. My granddaddy was standing over my grandma with a sawed-off shotgun, bro. Whoa. So when someone when some, you know, when when someone tell when when I saw that, the first thing that came to my mind, bro, was that's the type of faith I want to have. That somebody got a gun to your head and you still going to say, God going to help you. That's the kind of faith I want in my dreams. I don't care what God, whatever God you believe in, that's my God now. Because you crazy. <laughs> Bro, my granddaddy went to prison for that. This is a real story, bro. My granddaddy went to prison. He is living to this day. He cannot tell me he did not do that. I seen it, man. I saw you. Me and my granddaddy are friends now. I know what forgiveness looks like. That's why I don't let you. you Wait, he killed your grandmother? No, no, he didn't kill her. Oh, okay. No, he didn't kill her. She, um, but I'm saying he violated, you know, a sawed off shotgun is illegal. Yeah. Yeah. So he was already on probation. So my bad for leaving you on the cliff, but no, he didn't kill her. But he ended up going to prison. It separated my family. 
you know, half the family wanted to believe what granddaddy wanted to say, half the family wanted to believe what grandma, but then the truth ended up coming out. Well, yeah. You know, I ain't gonna tell the whole, the, all the story because, you know, some some of my family, they don't want me to tell everything, but shoot, I'm gonna tell the parts that I seen. You know, yeah. I speak on what I know, but, you know, I love to this day, it just shows growth. Like my granddaddy is an amazing man right now. He in my life, he he's still in my life right now. He check up on me. You know what I'm saying? But I still do have that. It, it, he know that plays in our head. That's traumatizing. Yeah, that's PTSD right there, you know, it needed to happen. You know, he, you know, I seen that woman, that woman had so much faith. That woman faith, boy. That woman, that woman should. I believe that if 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 God exists, it was her. I don't care what nobody. My grandma was God. Man, I like to thank you for uh, trusting to 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 even sharing a story like that on on the on the podcast. That is amazing. That is amazing, man. You know, it is, hey, bro, it's gonna touch somebody. Somebody gonna. So when people sit. And they, I, I'm only telling the story because, mm-hmm. not because I want no sympathy from it. Mm-mm. I want people to understand why I have the confidence to sell a book for nine hundred and sixty-three dollars and thirty-six cents. Because Big Mama's story in the book, right? My mama's story of not being able to walk in the book. My eight and five-year-old sister—they drowned each other by accident. They was my first cousins, but my grandmama raised us not to look at people like cousins. Mm-hmm. That's your brother. So when you see someone as your brother, you don't call him a nigga. You don't call him a bitch. You don't call him a hoe. But when you see someone is distant and they're not re- related to you, like, oh, this old nigga right here. That's how mm. we So she wanted to stop that type of mindset. So I would even, if you came to the house two or three times, she said, that's not your friend. That's your brother. So grandma, why you want him to be my brother? Be- so you don't be fucking his girl. So you don't be texting her. So you don't be reaching out to her. You got to have a certain level of respect. And when you look at people, like when you look at me, like I'm your grandma, how you, when you come in the house, you put your belt on, right? Right. You pull your pants up because you know, you come in the big mama house. But imagine if everybody house was big mama house, then you'd be put, keep you would then keep your pants up. You would keep your belt on. You know what I'm saying? That's what yeah. you're attempting to instill. Just that love of, of respect. Man, I, I feel like you kind of you you've taken that and you've kind of just digitally done that online. You know, you teach people how to take what they have and translate their knowledge into books. Um, what do you tell somebody when they feel they may not have a skill worthy of a book or they have that self limiting belief holding them back? Like I know you said the story about the girl, you took her paragraph and you put it in your book. But uh did she go on to write her own book after that? What happened with that? Yeah, I don't think she did, but uh, I just wanted to show it wouldn't. My dream wasn't to get her to actually write a a book per se. My dream was just to show her her worth and her value. And she was doing music, and I just wanted her to push it because a lot of people are talented, but they don't feel that they should charge for their work. They always, you know, this the word. Sometimes I hate the word humble. I hate that word. So I hate that word because that's just a word to me that is used on a lot of black people to keep their ass broke. Stay humble. No, if you if you as a black person hit a million dollars, nigga, jump up and down and be happy. Shit, this wasn't easy. Yeah, but people want to put you in the box. You can still be a good person and have a smile on your face. You don't have to. You don't have to uh, make people feel bad just because you done made it. I can still be excited. This hasn't been no easy journey, bro. I can I can pat myself on the back. When I was in my truck, no, no, you know what I'm saying? Like if I if I left this earth right now, bro, if you died today, right? Do you think T any representative from T Mobile would show up at your funeral? Nah. 
the light bill that you pay in your house, do you think any representative will show up at your funeral? Hard no. So why you live while we living as people, why do we work so hard to make their dreams manifest when they don't even pay attention to our dreams? That's how I came up with the concept of pay yourself first. All them people get paid second to me. And I want them to know that because that's what they've been doing to us. I wake up and I pay myself on the 19th of every month, $163.36 as if I am a bill. I am a bill. I put that in a whole separate account. I've been doing that for years. And this, Do you touch that money, or you? I you never, I never touched it since I was a, since I my you know who steal that? My grandma man steal that. Same thing. She instilled so much of that stuff. When I'm walking around telling people about having a wealthy mind, all this stuff I'm talking about, my family look at it like, oh, that grandma used to say that. They like he just he just grandma on 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 all the steroids on earth. That's all he is. Everything he's saying is what she sat in the house and told every one of her children. He just the one who took it. And he like, damn, he really gone with it. Grandma used to sit in the house and say, baby, pay yourself first. Grandma ain't got no money. That's what, what I'm going to do. Grandma, what I'm going to give myself? Baby, just give yourself some. So I say, why'd you settle on $163.36 or is it 63 cents? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you. I'm tell oh, okay. You. Okay. Um, I had got this job at Russell Corporation in Alexander City, Alabama. Mm-hmm. They was paying me $6.25 an hour. I was only working four hours a week because I was still in school. So every week, my check was $25. Um, You know your check ain't big, bro, when taxes don't even take nothing out. They took like a dollar and some change out. Maybe a dollar and nine cents. I had $23. <clears throat> I come to the crib, right? I ain't had no car at the time. I come to the crib. Grandma, I said, Grandma, I got my first check. She said, baby, take that money, pay yourself. I said, Grandma, I'm $23. I got to go seven, seven days, bro, with $23. Hmm. I said, Grandma, what am I going to pay myself? She said, baby, pay yourself son. I said, Grandma, I ain't got no money to pay myself. She said, go down there to the bank, open, the, open up bank account, pay yourself. I went to the bank. I said, I came back. I said, Grandma, them folks want $25 just to open the account up. So I got to put $25 in it and then I ain't even got it. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. I don't even got $25. So grandma said, baby, I'm, I'm going to give you $25, right? And all I want you to do is when you make it, I want you to teach people to do what I'm teaching you. I said, okay, give me $25. Grandma. She gave it to me. I went to the bank. I opened up the bank account with her $25 and I put $5 and I had five. I put 30 in the bank, but it was hard on the scene. I only had $5. <laughs> and so I went back home. She said, You put the money in now? She, I said, Yeah, grandma. She said, How much you got? I said, Grandma, you know what I got? I got five dollars. You know that. She said, Cool. So grandmama had a thing about asking open-ended questions, right? Mm-hmm. She never said to us, Don't do this. Don't do that. She never allowed, I can't afford it because when you tell a person don't do something, that's a statement that stops the brain from thinking. But if you do something bad, she will ask you, why did you do that to understand your thought process? Because now you have to explain your thoughts as a human. So if I say, hey, bro, why did you have me on the podcast? You have to actually think about that and tell me why you had me on. Yeah. Versus if someone say don't have him on there, it's nothing to really think about. This is answer. They gave you the statement, answer the question for you and all. So with her, she asked me. How much I put? How much? She said, "So what you gonna do?" I said, "Shoot, grandma, I'm gonna do the same thing next week." 
I'm going to get my next check. I'm going to um, go back to the bank, put $5. So next week came. Next Friday came. I got another check, right? I called my homeboy because I ain't have no car. You my homeboy. I said, hey, homie, come grab me, man. Take me back up here to the bank, cross town to these white folks. Let me put their money in. Talk <laughs> to each other. Yeah. Because that's how we would explain we needed to go across the, across town for us, meaning we black people lived on one side, white people lived on one side. Once we uh-huh. that railroad track, we had went to the business side of town. So I said, take me over here to the white side of town, man. Let me put this money in the bank account. So my homie said, shoot, I'm be on the way. I said, I'll give you $5 on gas. He said, man, man, your grandma crazy, bro. You gonna, you paying me $5 in gas. You gonna get way up here, put $5 in there. Bro, you ain't got the $13 left over. So he chastising me the whole 10 minutes to the bank. About these five dollars, and I'm sitting there. It's peer pressure. You just like, man, I know, man, I don't know. I don't know why I'm really doing it, but Grandma said this stupid stuff work, bro. It really don't work, though. I'm just telling them like it don't work, bro. It's been seven days, bro. I'm gonna put another five dollars in here. I'm gonna have ten dollars. So I put ten dollars, and I go back to I go back home to Grandma, right? Grandma mm-hmm. said five dollars, and I said, Grandma, yeah, I put it in now. How much you got in now? Give me the receipt. I said, Grandma, you know what I got? Five and five is ten. You're not crazy. Ten dollars, Grandma. Fourteen days, ten dollars. So grandma said, shoot, what you going to do? I said, shoot, grandma, I don't know, man. I don't think this work, grandma. So she said again, so what you going to do? I said, man, I'm going to go up here to the boss, man. I'm going to ask the boss, man, for more hours or something. She said, you think that's the, you think that the best? I said, yeah, I need to go talk to him because this ain't enough for me. <laughs> so I go back to the job, right? I said, boss, man, boss, man, please give me more hours, man. I need more hours. Boss, man, give me eight hours. I got 12 hours now. Mm. So I came back home happy. Grandma, he done gave me more hours. I got 12 hours a week now. She said, so what you going to do? I said, shoot, I'm bumping that five on up to 10. So she's like, you going to do 10 every week? I said, yeah, I'm doing 10 every week. Now I called the homie, hey, man, it's Friday again, third week. Come take me to the bank. He take me to the bank. I dropped 10 and uh, come back to grandma. My grandma said, so how much you got in? I said, grandma, you can add five, five, and 10. That's $20. I got $20 in the bank. I said, but shoot, this still ain't enough. So she said, so what you going to do? I said, I'm going to do the same thing next week. I go do it again. Call the homie again, $5. Go to the bank. Drop the money. Come home. Grandma said, how much you got? I got $30. I said, Grandma, this don't work. What you going to do, babe? What you going to do? I go back to talk to the boss man again. Boss man, give me some more hours. Give me some more hours. He give me some more hours, bro. I bumped that thing on up to 20. I'm, it's, I'm on about my, about, I'm, I'm, I'm a month or two in with this, bro. I'm doing $20 a week now, $80 a month. Still not thinking this is no money. So I go to my, I, I go to the bank. I do it again. put it in. Come back. Tell Grandma the amount. She said, how much you know now? I tell her how much you know. And I said, grown, this stuff don't work, grandma. I've been doing this for a long time now. Grown got them but a couple hundred dollars. You know what she asked me, bro? She said, so what you going to do? I said, grandma, I don't think it was meant for me to work for nobody. Because I don't like paying myself this. If that woman stuck her hand out, she said, now nah, we talking, baby. But I had to show you. You know you work more than $20 a week. <sighs> oh, dude. <laughs> holy shit dude that's like some monk type mentality dude like your your grandma basically just like sat in the house and just kind of worshiped god and, and just meditated all day pretty much all day bro she's just super wise she put it in this perspective how much your cell phone bill is every month bro uh i think it's like 180 or something like that no she just the perspective she put it in this for everybody that's listening how much y'all cell phone bill? Now ask yourself, what day do you pay your cell phone bill every month? And you got and, and you know what day you pay it. I pay mine on the 20th, right? Mm-hmm. Now ask yourself, how much do you pay you every single month? 
I bet you it ain't $180. The average person, it ain't. Now, people are going to sit here and lie to themselves and say, oh, I pay myself every month. No, you don't. Not like you pay T-Mobile. Not like you pay the rent. You know you pay the rent on the first of every month. See, on the 19th of every month, because of my grandma, I celebrate my birthday on the 19th of every month. Because of my grandma, I went for twenty. I went from $20 a week, from $80 a month to $163.36 every month, treating myself like a bill. Had nothing to do with the money, but all about the mindset of understanding my worth, my power. Got to pay me first, man. That make me feel good. Now, when I get up, I look at the bank. I don't even care about the money like that. Paid myself, man. I'm ready to get the day started. Look again. Man. Paid myself. Celebrated another birthday. Mother's Day, the 10th of every month for my mom. So I tell people, whatever day that you was born, pay yourself on that day. Whatever day that you was born, celebrate your birthday on that day every single month. On that day, go get your hair did. Go get you a massage. Go get your back rubbed. Because we as a people have been taught to celebrate all the holidays, but we don't even get, we don't be taught to celebrate us. You out here celebrating uh, December the 25th, right? Mm-hmm. On a, This is a fact that I'm finna drop. I hate to, you know, I ain't no super religious or spiritual person like that. You know, I believe in God now, but Jesus Christ was not born on December the 25th. This is a fact. It's a known fact. Mm-hmm. What does this have to do with your life? Is people will wait on December the 25th to unwrap a man-made gift, but have walked around all 365 days of God's creation and hadn't even unwrapped the gifts and the talents that he gave to them. Not me. I'm unwrapping my gifts every day. People will wait on Thanksgiving to sit down and give thanks to their family as if that's the only day in the year that a turkey was sold. (laughs) So what this is showing you is how conditioned society has taught people. People have taught you how to love your mama. You don't love your mama until May. You send her some flowers on Mother's Day. That's it. Not me. My mama getting it today, too. She going to get it tomorrow, too. That's why I walk up to you. I tell you, I appreciate your existence. I walk up to anyone. I appreciate, I value your existence. You know, well, what does high mean? What does by mean? That don't mean nothing to me. That holds no value to me. Hmm. That's what someone told you to do. Someone told you to say hi. That shit don't mean nothing to me, bro. I, when I talk, when I talk to you, I want to speak mm-hmm. life into you and I want you to speak life into me. I appreciate your existence. I appreciate this podcast that you have created. You know what I'm saying? This is a platform that when I was in my truck, I was speaking into existence that one day it don't matter if you got 100 followers, 2 million. Bro, I don't care what your thing is. As long as it's positive, I'm getting on. And that's when I got to Miami. One of the homies came up to me last night and he said, I love how reachable and accessible you are. It just makes it unreal, bro. Like I just DM'd you. I didn't even think you was going to respond. Wow. You know, yeah, people, I, yeah. I, I've been that person down there on that. It's like I can't meet. I cannot meet every single person that's hitting me, but it's a good amount of people. know I'm responding at least. But I've been the person, bro. I've been the intern. I've been the PA. I've been on jobs where people wanted to, you know, speak bad on me and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? I don't see it, bro. My life been a whole mess. But you, but you know what? I don't, it don't even bother me because I know how to clean up. I know how to hire maids now. I know how to, you know, bring in people to help me manifest this dream. Everybody on earth is fighting a battle that nobody knows about. 
So I don't be talking bad about people no more, man. Because I don't. I, everybody have a story, man. Everybody done been through something. So anybody that see this right here, all I mm-hmm. want you to gain from this is speak your dreams into existence. And the, and the only thing that I, when I went through this podcast with you, I was just mm-hmm. to show people the struggles that I have went through, everything that I have had to go through in my life to get to the point of actually building my confidence. You know what I'm saying? Like it built my confidence to see my grandma with a gun to her head. It built my confidence to see my dad in a coma, bro. That made me a stronger person. Like it made me very relentless. It made mm-hmm. me think so hard that the, I, I'll be telling people like the worst thing that can happen to you is die. That's it. So while I'm living, guess what I do? I go hard, crazy. Oh, y'all think I was going to stop with a thousand dollar book? Oh, I got a million one on the way. Hmm. <laughs> Love it, man. I mean, I how, how can the people get in touch with you, billionaire? Man, you can, if you listen to this um, podcast, I would like to ask everybody that's on my live. We got about 70 people on the live. Tap me in. Um, they asked him what's the name of your podcast, bro. Could you tell them? Oh, yeah. The name of the podcast is the Jordan Baylor Draft. J-O-R-D-A-N-B-A-Y-L-O-R Draft. Mm-hmm. You can type this on every platform, Spotify. And uh, we interview writers like a uh, billionaire PA and uh, they tell us uh, their story and we dive deep on mindset on how to make your dreams come true pretty much. So look us up in uh, any of the, the, the app stores or the, not the app store, the podcast stores, uh, the Jordan Baylor draft. So y'all got it right there. You got Instagram, bro. So they can tap me in with you. Uh, yeah. My Instagram is I am Jordan Baylor. I am a M Jordan J O R D A N B A Y L O R. Jordan Baylor. Oh, so bro, do I have? I wanted to tell you this uh, quick story before I actually end. Of course, it. of course. Let's you go. Don't, you don't mind. Um, Let's go. The dream. I told you I was in Miami with the uh, with the dream buttons, right? Yes, yes, yes. So these are the dream buttons, right? Don't y'all go nowhere. I promise you, if you're watching this right now, share this with ten people, man. Share this with 10 people, please. I'm speaking not, I'm speaking it into existence. If you really love me, share it with 19 people because this is about to be really, really inspirational. I promise you. So these are the dream buttons right here, right? Comment down when you do that. It's the dream button. So when I was in the back of my truck, bro, this is how I used to hallucinate just crazy thoughts. I used to call my mama and tell her things I was going to do. My mom be like, my son crazy. <laughs> it's crazy bro I was in the car one day and I was writing this book right and I titled the book called the speak your dreams cartoon animation and my mama said so what's what's going what the book is about so I said mom I finished it and the book is about turning everything in life that was intangible mm-hmm. to a tangible cartoon character and she said why would you do that I said because mom when I was a child all the things that grandmama told me I needed I didn't see it because it didn't exist, meaning I couldn't see it. I couldn't touch it. So now I want to reverse psychology that so that people can see what she was talking about. So she was like, what you mean by that? I said, imagine when grandmama said we need hope, faith and joy. Right. See, I knew it existed, but because I didn't see it at that time, I, ain't, I was like, grandma, that stuff ain't real. Yeah. So I said, what if we turn the intangible things into tangible cartoon characters? So now that you can see them in the human form. So what if I took hope? Faith and joy. And I made them cartoon characters, right? And hope she's 11. Faith, she's 12. And joy, she's 13. Now, there's nine positive, influential 
cartoon characters total. I just named three. Now, these nine characters, they all have superpowers and they have to wear these dream buttons every single day. And anytime they want to tap into their actual dream, they have to go one, two, three, four. They do a 180, not a 360, because if they did a 360, they would still be in the same place of where they at. So they do a 180. And then Hope is a songwriter. So she cannot write music until she do what? One, two, three, four. She does a 180 and her T-shirt says, you can never have too much hope. Hope writes the music for faith and joy. So faith, where when she tap in, she ready to sing. She's a singer. That's her gift. She said, OK, it's time for me to sing, y'all. One, two, three, four. And then next thing you know, she's singing now. Right. Mm-hmm. She's singing. And so. Um, she all excited. She's singing. She's doing her thing. And so she do her 180. Boom. She able to sing. And then Joy does the same thing. Now, Faith T-shirt says you can never have too much uh, hope. I mean, you can never have too much faith. And Joy T-shirt say you can never have too much joy. Now, they have a big brother. Now, guess what his name is? Prosperity. Big dreams. Big dreams. You know, he got a lot of big dreams, bro. But guess what his biggest problem is? He don't execute nothing because he's best friends with two twins named trials and tribulations. <laughs> he continued to run into them every day. Now, his superpower is he's a rapper. So anytime he want to rap, he go one, two, three, four. He do the 180 and his clothes change. And now he got on the T-shirt that say, I speak dreams into existence. So when you see them in their T-shirt, you know they tapped in. You know they can live their dream, right? And then you have a, then I, that's four people now. Then the first, the fifth person is spirit. Now, spirit is a very powerful individual. Spirit is the person who walks around with a Bible, right? Mm -hmm. He's in a wheelchair though. He was born handicapped. He cannot walk. He cannot dance until he actually one, two, three, four. He comes up out the wheelchair and he's able to perform his gift, which is to walk and dance. Amazing dancer, but he cannot do it because he was born handicapped. Remember? So he's mm -hmm. born like this. He in the wheelchair. So the thing that spirit lacks is something called faith. That's why he has to have his, his sisters, hope, faith, and joy and big dreams, because these are all of the elements of what it takes to get to the destination of speaking your dreams into existence. This is what people need. People need hope. People need faith. People need joy. People need big dreams, right? People need a uh, spirit, but spirit ain't got no faith. He walk around with the Bible, but he don't believe he don't even believe in himself. So how can you have a prayer and be worried at the same time? That's a contradiction on the prayer. That's spirit, though. But he telling everybody about God. And then you have the little eight year old brother, right? His name is Wisdom, bro. He ate, bro. He the entrepreneur. That's his gift. All he know is entrepreneurship. He's the little young one that comes up to the people and he'd be like, hey, Jordan, you got one million followers on Instagram. Why you don't have a million dollars? He the little eight year old that run up to you, Jordan, and say, if you got less money in the bank than you got followers on Instagram, you need to get you a new group of friends. He's the one running up to the older brothers and sisters saying, why do y'all want to be famous and broke? Why are y'all singing and not getting paid? Why are y'all not reading y'all contracts? But guess how they do the little brother? Oh, little brother, don't worry about that. We got this. And he's like, no, I'm staying on the street while y'all in here performing y'all gifts. I'll be mm -hmm. outside selling my lemonade. 
He's selling, he buying lemonade for a dollar, selling it for five, but at least he owned his talents and his gifts. Everybody else tap dancing, performing for free. Because they got a big 4,444 people in the audience clapping for him, tapping. I got 70 people on live. They clapping for me. But when the last time they bought a dream button? When the last time you tapped in and supported the dream? That's what mm. wisdom is on. When the last time you invested into the into keeping this going? You know what I'm saying? So you got hope, faith, joy, spirit, wisdom, right? That's five. Then we mm-hmm. got wealthy. That's me. See, I'm the motivational speaker, the creator of all of the characters and everything. I even created the dream, but my gift is motivational speaking. I want to speak. One, two, three, four. You see my T-shirt. Come on and say wealthy, right? Now you know I'm tapped in. And then you go. Then we got this cartoon character. Her name is Lovely. Now, her, her gift is to spread love. Then we got courage. She a gymnastic. She spreads, uh, she do gymnastics, but she spreads courage to everybody. That's her gift. So you got hope, faith, joy, big dreams, spirit, wisdom, lovely, courage. And then uh, I'm, I'm missing I'm, I'm missing one. I don't want to say the other one that I was going to say. Let me get hope, faith, joy, big dreams, wisdom, spirit, wisdom, lovely, courage. And there's, there's two more, really. It's going to come to me, but the other one, he comes in and out of the cartoon. His name is um Dr. Health. Dr. Health. Yeah, he come in and out the cartoon. That's why I ain't want to name him nine because he's just in and out. And the reason why I got him like that is that's how people do with their health. One of them, oh, I'm healthy today, and then tomorrow I'm not. <laughs> wow. When they should be in your life all the time. So the show is basically like uh, just the trials and tribulations of these people's lives or what's going on? Nobody in here is over the age of 15 years old. Oh, yeah. The other one was wealthy. I forgot me. Wealthy. That was me. Oh, wealthy. Yeah. Yeah. So that's me. Um, so the re- I had to give you a little synopsis of it, right? And so yeah. nobody's over 15. So they from Alabama. So as you can tell, now this is a musical group. So they travel all the way from Alabama to Los Angeles to perform at the Staples Center. Right? In front of 44,444 people. Oh my God, bro, it gets good. You got hope, faith, joy, big dream, spirit, wisdom, wealthy, Dr. Health, he in and out. And they go to the Staples Center, right? And when they open up, big dreams, he he do he go one, two, three, four, boom, shirt come on. I speak dreams into existence. The crowd go crazy. He come out, he do his rapping. Yeah, he rap for four minutes and forty four seconds, and then he go one, two, three, four. Guess what he do? He taps out so that the next person can come up and they can do their dream. And that's when faith comes in. But see, faith she never taps because she always stay tapped in. She never taps out. Cause she got that faith. She hold the system together. She hold the team together. What is faith? What good is a dream with no faith? What good is a spirit with no faith? What good is hope with no faith? What good is being wealthy with no faith? What good is it to have love and you ain't got faith? How can you spread it? You ain't got faith in the love that you got within yourself. That's her. She the foundation to everybody. She make wealthy. Remember that we wasn't doing this for money. We was doing this to help people. So she comes up and she sings the song. You can never have too much faith. And it's mm-hmm. a song, she, it's a part in there where she says, tell me, where does a heart go when it knows no love? When you fall down and you call out, but no one shows up. And then everybody starts singing, but you can never really have too much faith. That's her song. Then she go, she, she tap one, two, three, four. But the key thing with faith is her shirt never changes because she never really taps that fourth time. She makes sure she stay tapped in. And then here comes um right after her. Guess who comes up? Spirit always comes after faith. He rolls up in the wheelchair, bro, in front of 44,444 people. 
Spirit taps. One, two, three, four. This man wheelchair starts spinning, bro. It go all the way to the Staples Center, to the top up there by Kobe jersey. <laughs> with the legs. It's a cartoon, so, you know, I can be dramatic. I can be extra. Yeah, of course, of course. Then, no, then he just blow up. He do 44 flips. He land on the stage. Wheelchair disappeared. He dancing. Michael Jackson sitting in the audience like, oh, my God, this man dancing better than me. James Brown on the other side saying, oh, my goodness, this, this man can dance. Chris Brown, Usher, all of them, they look at him like, this man is one of the best dancers that ever exists. Now, all of the audience, y'all in tears because y'all went to high school with him. Y'all grew up with him. You know this man can't walk. So for you to see this man walking, it's unbelievable. For you to see a man who walks around with the Bible and none of y'all want to listen, but he don't got no faith. So he rolls around his wheelchair, but now he just dancing because he's living in his gift. So everybody sitting back watching him, even wealthy, watching him, doing his thing, smiling and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So after four minutes and 44 seconds, guess what spirit does? He gets ready to tap out. So he hits the button one time. And at this point, guess who takes off running? Faith takes off running towards spirit. He hits the button a second time. By this time, Faith in the air flipping over four people. She in a rush to get to him. He hits the button a third time. And then uh, by this time, Faith has landed on both of her feet and she falling down. But right before Spirit can hit that button the fourth time, right, Faith grabs his hand, right, to Mm -hmm. prevent him from hitting that button. And bro, in front of 44,444 people, do you know if uh, Faith had the audacity to ask Spirit? Faith said, spirit, if the only time you can walk and the only time you can dance is when you tap into your dream, who ever told you to tap out? And that's what society has done to most people. They have tapped these people out of their dreams. That's what some people's mama and daddies and sisters have done. They have told them that they're not going to do it. And so they have one, two, three, four. You're right, uh, mama. I ain't going to do it. You tapped them out. It's mental. So faith took the button off of spirit and spirit got mad. And he said, I need the button to tap back in. And then faith in front of everybody. She looks at wealthy because me and faith are best friends. But I made a commitment when I created the dream button. And I told Faith, don't tell people the buttons don't work. And she and she said she would always keep that promise. And she said on the stage that I think now it's time for us to tell people the truth. So Faith took all of the dream buttons because what I didn't tell you is the negative people was working hard to steal the buttons of the positive people. So they used to work to get your gifts. So she took all, she took faith button, she took spirit button, she took wealthy button, and she gave the buttons to the negative people, and the negative people put the buttons on them, bro, and guess what they did? They tapped they into the dream. They hit it one, two, three, four, and one of the negative people attempted to sing, but they couldn't sing. One of the people attempted to dance, but they couldn't dance. And, and spirit, and, and faith told them, keep tapping. And they all was looking, and then she grabbed the microphone and said, it was never the button. It was always within you. That button's not going to make them sing. That's your gift that God gave you. That button's not going to make her dance. That's your gift. So she told Spirit, the only reason you don't think you can walk is because 150 doctors told you you could not walk. And it was up, and, and it was, and I created that person because that was my mama. 
Spirit is my mama in a cartoon. Faith is the woman is the woman named Wendy Vaughn in real life. The woman who edited all 83 of my books. These are real these are real people in my life that I just turned into cartoon characters. Wow. The negative people, they real too. But because I didn't want you to know who they were, I made some men and women and I switched the personalities. So you would have to really know me to know who is who. And when it comes to the positive people, I don't mind if y'all know that's that's y'all. But the negative mm-hmm. people, you probably won't know. Shoot, I probably you, you might be looking at a man, but I made it a woman and put the person a different personality in that person. But it may physically look like you, but it's not your personality. It's not mm-hmm. your characteristics. So you know what I'm saying? That's the cartoon, speak your dreams, cartoon animation. And these are the dream buttons that, and this is, I wanted to explain that story just so you can understand what I'm going around the world doing with these dream buttons. It's not just a, a button, but I'm putting these buttons on people as a reminder to tap into your dreams, to speak your dreams into existence. So to everybody that's out there that's watching, if you want to tap in, you want a dream button, just say dream in the comments. That's how you can support this dream. Say dream in the comments. If you want to tap in and you want to get your dream button. I'll link out to the uh, dream button in the uh, podcast show notes as well, how they can purchase one. After that story, I'm going to have to purchase one. I mean, it's only right. Golly. No, I appreciate you, God. I appreciate you. This has been, um, this has been a really inspiring episode. I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't expecting it to be a go over an hour, but, um, man, you just had so much to share. So, I mean, who am I to filter you? You know, so for one, I'd like to thank you for coming on the uh, Jordan Baylor draft. And uh, two, I'd like to say, um, go turn off your phones and, and go write your next draft and, and stop holding yourself back. I mean, billionaire just gave you all the keys right there. So it's been another edition of the Jordan Baylor draft. Turn off your phones and go write your next draft because uh, it's your life. Choose where you want it to go. Don't let life choose it for you. Man, I appreciate your existence, God. Appreciate you.